Good evening, everybody, or morning, depending on when you are listening to this, but I'm Paul Dorsky, and I just wanted to let you know, before we begin this interview with Bill Obert Jr. and Billy Pond, um, also with Tristan Knott, because my fiancé at the time, which you will hear in this interview, kind of sick, unfortunately. She still had, like, a flu going on, and... I also wanted to point out that you might not hear Tristan and I talk that much because the idea of this was we surprised Bill Oberst Jr. with Billy Pond on here. He had no idea Billy would join in to talk about Circus of the Dead and his and Bill's upcoming film that releases today as you are hearing this. It is entitled Dis, that is D-I-S, and it's available right now. On Blu-ray DVD by Unearthed Films. So go check that out. It is very dark and artsy and very awesome at the same time. So without further ado, this is the uncut version of the natural flow that kicked off the interview with Billy and Bill just, you know, catching up. And I, I like having to be something like this, or do something like this, because it is different. Because, you know, like I said, Bill Oberst had no idea Billy was going to be on. So that was shocked him and surprised, and you will hear that. So I hope you guys enjoy. And this is the interview with Bill Oberst Jr. and Billy Pond. Enjoy. Surprise. It was a, you, man? It's a, it's a surprise for you. I miss you so much, buddy. I got to watch your movie last night, and I just see you and start crying. I just say, God, I miss Bill. I know the way you walk, the way you move, and all that. And I see it in the movie. I say, man, that's just you must spend a lot of time shooting a movie. You know, when I, I edit and all this kind of stuff, I just know every characteristic of everything you're going to do. It's so weird. Oh man, that is so cool. I can't believe I'm talking to you. How you doing? I'm. I was telling them I'm feeling good. I hope this treatment stuff's working because. I couldn't even like you know stand up to walk much a couple of months ago, and now I was actually uh, chasing the grandkids around the backyard earlier today. So I'm feeling pretty darn good. <laughs> that's great, man. You don't look like you've lost a drop of weight. I think that's a good thing. Yeah, I I did. I actually lost 85 pounds. If you can imagine that, but, uh, <laughs> you haven't. I haven't seen you since. We haven't. I haven't seen Bill since 2013. I know. I but I mean, I see him every day. I can't get I'm, away from it. It's like people don't leave us alone about that stuff, will they? Billy, I'm looking right now. I got this little popcorn figurine on my little table <laughs> mementos, and I've got three cards from fans who drew popcorn art. People That's love awesome. to draw the. Yeah. They love to draw these clowns. They do, they do, and they love popcorn so much. And there's so many fangirls that just ask all the time, "Can you give me Bill's number? Can you give me Bill's address?" I said, "No." <laughs> well, see, do they don't want to. They don't want to talk to Bill. They want to talk to Papa Corn. Yeah, and they need <laughs> you to do that. 
<laughs> well, that's Rusty. He had, you know, he, him and Mariah, she was stalking him for a while. And now they live together here in Odessa and stuff. But I think the only time they make out is when he has to put the makeup on. To do it, so that's what I hear. That's what I hear. So. I love it, man. I love it. God, it's good to hear your voice. How you doing, Paul? Oh, I'm good. How about you, Bill? Good, man. Is Tessa there with you? Yeah, I'm right here. I'm not doing so good, Bill. Hey, Tessa. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, she's she's not feeling so great, Bill. So she's gonna be uh, skipping this one, unfortunately. But I do have a buddy to help me here. He's uh, which I'm very sad about because I really wanted to do this. Yeah, she's she's got the snuffle pretty good, so I'm she's been my head off. So. Yeah. Well, I hope you feel better. Thank you. But yes, yeah, so Bill, so did that email reply that I sent you about? If you could ask Billy Pond anything, would so did did you not? I was hoping you wouldn't get that ring a bell. Like like, why is he asking me that? So I guess I did good. <laughs> yeah, I wrote you back. Yes, you did. Yep, I I wrote one too, Bill. It said. Uh, I said, yes, please, Bill, don't press charges on the way I treated you during filming. (laughs) (laughs) No, man, not at all. Hey, Paul, are you recording now, or do you start? Are you live, or how are we working? Oh, yeah, I've already been recording because I was trying to get your reaction to having Billy on here as a surprise. So I I kind of hope I got some of it. Well, hello, everyone. (laughs) Well, hello. But uh, Tristan is on mute, Bill. Uh, but Tristan here is a friend of mine who we work at the same exact job together. And he loves horror so much that I was just like, well, he's got to join the podcast family. And he's going to be helping me out tonight. So Tristan, this is Bill Olbers. And yeah, Bill, this is Tristan. How's it going, Bill? Pretty good, man. Yeah. Did a great job in Circus of the Dead. Loved it. Oh, thank you very much. It's all Billy Pond, 100%. Oh, no, stop. It's the other way around, you guys. No, man. <laughs> so many right. times during that movie, I would ask Billy, why is he saying this? Why does he do this? What do I do? And every time, there's a picture online, actually, of Billy with both arms on my shoulders looking right down in my eyes. He did that a lot. And he completely helped me understand the character. Otherwise... I would have been lost. I would have played it like a clown. Then Billy helped me play it more, you know, like a serious person who actually had a day job as a clown. Well, the thing, I always say this too about Bill is, is like, I don't, you know, a lot, a lot of this business, everybody's nice and everybody's humble and stuff, but Bill's like a, a racehorse or a, a Porsche or a Lamborghini. It's like, you know, you don't want to get it and, you know, drive it to Sunday school. You want to get it out on the road and, you know, open that shit up. And it's like, you, you give him something. I mean, that's exactly what it is, man. Well, you yeah. know, we, one of my memories of Circus of the Dead is standing in front of a convenience store somewhere outside of Odessa, Texas, in the middle of the night with earplugs in, <laughs> walking across the parking lot just as Papa Corn firing a shotgun. Yeah, we open that shit up. <laughs> yeah. So it's like go for broke because these, I mean, it's, you know, Bill's done a lot of stuff. And I was like, man, I want to, I have to raise the ante of, you know, it's like, you know, if you're going to get, Bill Oberst to be in your movie, then you know, bring bring the shit and let's do some good stuff. So that's what it is, and and he inspires me, you know, actors like him and stuff that like it just makes you want to do more and it just wants me to keep doing what I'm doing because that's where the payoff is. Is 
is seeing somebody like and, him, you know, take something Dude, that's, that's, so great. that's what fans, I think that's what fans want to see, and that's why they like you, that's why they like Doll Boy, and that's why I responded so well to Circus, because they want to see something that's wide open. I always tell, like, independent filmmakers, it's your movie, man. Do something different and do something that's uh-huh. you. Don't, don't waste mm-hmm. it. And that's how this was, I thought, too, because I watched that last night, and I thought, I, I dig this. <laughs> I'm glad you liked it, because Adrian, he just wanted to make that vision of hell that was in his head. And people were like, well, nobody's going to understand it. And he's like, I don't care. I want to make the movie. And I was like, yep. It's like Billy Kahn. That's good. Uh-huh. And it's there. I mean, it resonated with me, and it's just something that stuck with me, and I totally dug it like that. And all the crazy stuff you do in there, I said, oh, that's old Bill. He'll do that. You're not scared of anything for a role. <laughs> I hate it when I get a script. And, I, and you know, we went off of Israel, and then you open it up, and it's like, you know, a guy who drives a car and says some stuff. I'm like, oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to know, Bill, here's a good question. Is out of all the, the hundred movies you've done, hundreds of movies you've done, how many roles actually uh, had a penis in it with you and a penis in it? Like, could you, how many, can you count that on one hand, two hands, or how many films have you had penis play involved? Well, they're all prosthetic, Billy. So it doesn't really count, count, right? I kind of keep it hidden. I don't tell anybody that. Somebody goes, was that thing? I go, they go, was that thing? Was that a penis fake that Bill's wearing? I go, it didn't taste very fake. But that's why I was trying to make Oh man, no, that, you, you that never sits go. on my yeah. desk, Bill. You got it on your desk? Yeah, I got it above oh, my man. thing. It's like up there on a the wall, like a uh, trophy mount. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! No, nah, man, uh, never go, never go full peen. Always get the help of the special effects department. They can always help you out there. No, <laughs> but, well, that was a wild ride. But I was telling them too the. Um, the the cinematography and stuff with the black and white flashback stuff and things oh my gosh it was you in that car behind that window i just like got goosebumps because it was so beautiful because you know that's a cool style and it ain't me because i'm i think i'm more of a junk filmmaker um yeah but this this his vision and stuff was so artistically beautiful and stuff like that but yet still equally as creepy with the uh the pigs eating the bones and stuff you know and uh I was like, oh, I just love this. I love it. With the sound, it went from babies to pigs, and it just all started making sense. I'm glad it's something you like, I couldn't do. I like it. I'm glad I got you like the I pigs. Because, yeah, people told him, like, people aren't going to understand that. But he's really into, like, symbolism and metaphor mm-hmm. and stuff. So he didn't care. He just wanted it to make an impression on people. Kind of like a nightmare. Like, you wake up and you go, what the, What was that? It was good, and it has, like, no barred, or, you know, no hold, hold bars and stuff. And I was telling them, I said, freaking Bill in that left-handed gun thing, because I always say, it's like, to me, it's like, well, the things on, it's like, that's the thing. I said, I know exactly how Bill holds the gun and everything. I see all that. Like, I know I've seen you hold the gun. I've seen you walk and all this kind of stuff. It's funny. It's just how we direct. It's it's directors that see that detail. And I think that's why this is so good. It's just when a director pays attention to those things like that, it just all makes sense. Man, I'll I'll tell you, since you asked about the penis thing, I'm going to tell you because this is a funny story. Okay, that wheel uh, in this, the people who are listening, as you'll see, and I'm not giving anything away, there's a sacrificial wheel that plays a part in it. And um, so this wheel was made by the chick who's the art director, and she's did a beautiful job, but she's a lot taller than I am. Okay. So they go to, they go to strap me on this puppy. And I'm stretched to the oh, wow. Mouth. I mean, stretched. Okay, so 
Um, and also a prosthetic penis plays into this because, well, people will see when they watch it, why? So I got this thing, this rig, like strapped onto me. <laughs> it's stretched out so much that the rig is, keeps slipping like and coming loose. So I got a PA behind me holding on to the end of this brace thing on the back out of frame. Uh, we're just praying that the prosthetic penis is going to stay up. And that's pretty much what this business boils down to. You just pray that the prosthetic penis is going to stay in place. It's about it, right, Billy? It's totally it. And, and the thing Bill doesn't mention is Bill's brave. He's going to do it all. Uh, we on, on the Circus with Eddie broke into that window, and uh, I was going to do it in two shots. But Bill being Bill, he says, no, I'm going to come in right when y'all we throw that thing and break it. And uh, we did it once, but I always told him, I said, if, if I yell at you to stop, stop. And the second time, sure enough, there's a big old jab sticking up. And, well, that would have, like, cut his testicles right off from that and stuff. So you know, sometimes you got to slow Bill down because he's going to do anything. He'll get strapped to a wheel or jump through a broken glass window and all that stuff. But we got the shot, man. That's a good shot. That was a good shot, too. That outside that window thing is epicness. That's I know it doesn't. That's what I heard I the think most so. about is people talking about licking the uh, window. Then Billy Pond told me to do and that. And that was all, well, that's all you. You said, hey, can I do this? I said, yeah. yeah. And you go, no, I didn't do nothing. I just showed up and took a nap is all I did. Um, <laughs> but I was going to tell. Now, you know, unfortunately, we don't get the eyes like I was talking to that uh, actor that plays Art the Clown on Terrifier. And um, he's a really good dude, too. And before I even knew Bill, somewhere on Facebook, I stumbled across that guy. And he was always on my short list, but I computer crashed and I lost his email and didn't think about nothing. And luckily I went to Bill, but he's a big fan and saw the movie and loved what Bill did and all this kind of stuff. But we're talking about that, but like Terrifier, they hit the big time as well as an indie movie can do. And they're actually opening the door a lot now for Circus of the Dead, believe it or not. So sometimes other films open the door for somebody else. And luckily that's what it's doing for those guys, uh, the Terrifier, you know, with Art the Clown getting so popular. Um, and that's I like awesome, that because man. more people need to see what you know bill's doing and it's like uh we didn't make the money hey. back on circus of dead but i don't care it wasn't my money <laughs> i just made a good movie I, billy i want to ask you do you know the fellow who was impersonating papa coin at the convention because he was really good i think that was i don't know him because i didn't go that's when the cancer hit uh he Parrish knows him and kept in touch with him really good he was good he sent me pictures and videos and all that kind of stuff and you know what's funny though, Bill, is I've met more female popcorn impersonators <laughs> than I've met two males and probably about six females that did popcorn well, at conventions. You know, it's funny you say that because some of the earlier views of popcorn as a feminine character, and I remember when I was doing it, thinking popcorn definitely is in touch with his feminine side too because he likes to preen himself and play with the uh -huh, uh -huh. girl. That's funny that women like to do him. Wow. Well, no, they they want to do him. Oh yeah, they, they, want, want, to <laughs> they want to do too, him. Don't dance too close to that flame, baby. You might get burned. Yeah, <laughs> that's what's funny about this is it's like um, I never realized in life how many people were sexually attracted to clowns until I made this movie, and some of these messages <laughs> and pictures and stuff I get via online and stuff it just blows my mind. Oh man. But I am married, and I delete that stuff now, for the record. 
you you better i i know exactly what you mean when the first time that i looked the girl's face in the movies i started getting these uh pictures from middle-aged women in various states Uh, of undress saying boy i wish that you you would you know yeah lick your face that way you said i don't know it looks a little salty (laughs) (laughs) hey guys jump in anytime you want because Tom and i will just talk yeah, that that's great. I mean, that's why I'm like um, uh, on mute over here, just listening to you guys because I just like how you guys are interacting. So it's all it's all good too. I mean, this was the whole entire purpose. I mean, Bill, just to be fair with you, after we were planning your re your revisit here with us on the show, I was just like, you know, I saw how you were interacting with Billy over here, and I'm just like, you know what? I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna message Billy and I'm gonna tell him, hey, look. We're gonna bring Bill Obert back onto our podcast. You wanna, you want in? And he's just like, just name the time and the place, and I'll be there. So I'm just like, all right. So well, what so, I really said is, I said if I have to, I guess I will. But you need to put a check in the mail. That's what I said. I like it. To be honest. <laughs> <laughs> well, since you asked me what I would ask, since since you asked me what I would ask Billy Pine, I want to ask you, Billy. You yes. deal with fear a lot, man, a lot in your movies. You movies scare people. They deal with people who are scared. I want to know your personal feelings about fear, experiences with fear. Where does that come from? Is fear something that we should be afraid of? We should not be afraid of. Is it a joke to you? I want to know what your relationship is with it. Well, you know, I, I couldn't answer this honestly until the cancer thing hit because it's like for the first time in my life, I felt, you know, in danger of my time running out. And I think that's the thing is, is Bill's a very religious man and I'm, my wife is religious and and they're working on me. Um, but to get a heathen like me to follow the line is tough, but, uh, it's that fear of death, Bill is what I've, I've, I finally realized in my life. That's what makes me do what I do is when I was a kid and was scared to go into a haunted house or something as a little kid, my dad, if he saw any kind of fear in me, he'd make me do it. He didn't care. He'd make me do it by myself to make me overcome that stuff because he didn't want me to fear anything. And I think that constant thing of not being able to be afraid of anything. And I was always fearful of fear. That's why I got into the dark stuff. It's like, well, if you work in the haunted house, you wouldn't be scared to go through a haunted house kind of thing. And that's what happens with movies. And I think that's why I push the envelope is I'm so terrified of, you know, dying. And it's not the point of me dying. I'm not scared of, I guess is what I leave behind or not leave behind kind of thing, you know, or put somebody else in upsetness and hurt somebody else, you know, the wife or the family or, you know, all my friends and uh, stuff like that and fans and stuff. I just, I'm just afraid of dying sometimes. And I think that's my biggest fear. And I don't know. I hope that answers that right. What do you want to leave behind? I want to leave behind a movie legacy where it's not judged necessarily on horror or any particular thing, just a good movie that just somebody gets, you know, and somebody likes. It's like the way I feel about the original Chainsaw from 74. It's just a movie that I get. And no matter how many times I watch it, it just, I can't find anything wrong with it. And, and I haven't gotten nowhere near that. So it's just, I got so much more work to do and that's why I got to work harder. I just yeah. want to leave that legacy of, of something that lasts past me, that my name lives on through that, and maybe a, a future filmmaker will see, and then it inspires them to do that and then take it even further to pick up the uh, the mantle, so to speak, and go a little bit further. Yep, yep. 
Amazing. Amazing. But yes, yes. I'm so glad that you guys are talking away. I mean, it's it's good. I mean, I remember doing something like this similar uh, last year when I brought uh, two, the writer and one of the actors and another actor from, if you guys heard of Lake Dead, you know, we yep. put we put those three together. And so just like this, they're chatting away with each other, having a good time. And it's just like, and at one point they're like, oh, wait a minute. We're supposed to all be here for an interview. Whoops. And I'm just like, dude, you kidding me? This is, this is amazing. This is good. So don't worry. Well, yeah. I, need to, I need to ask uh, Bill my question then. So yes, here's my question, Bill, as I wrote them, is that out of everything in cinematic history, because I know you're an actor's actor kind of thing. You really dig that kind of thing. If there's one role in the history of, of cinema that you wish was yours, what role would that be? Eric, in uh, a version of Phantom of the Opera, it sticks to the origin story of Eric from the book. In the book, nobody threw acid in his face. He wasn't deformed. He was born that way. And the whole point of the book is that ah. Eric, Eric is a freak. And Eric was born a freak, and the he was he was born a freak, but the world made him a monster. They did that gotcha. shit to him, and and so that that the only version that ever did that was Cheney's, and even in Cheney's they did a test version where that was explicit, showing him as a baby. They didn't show the baby in those days, but they showed the mother looking down and being horrified, and they cut <laughs> it right because the test audiences couldn't deal with it. With the truth that we we treat people who are different like monsters, and they become monsters, and then we say, "Oh, what happened?" So for that reason, that role. That's a good one. I dig that, and that's good to know too, because we're going to work together again someday too. So as much as I know about you, like that would be what I need to be working on, Roddy. It's in the public domain, man. Is it? See, I never knew that about that. I always thought he was uh, made that away. I didn't ever know. Nah, you know, being read. Uh, he was in, uh, in the Middle East. In, in the book, he was taken away from his mother, or she sold him, to a carnival in the Middle East, and then he ended up being trained to do magic uh, okay. because a, a, a deformed person doing magic was considered entertaining, so he ended up in these Persian king's courts, and that's where he learned to do all of his tricks. Nice. Then he came to France, got a job working construction, building the opera house, and wanted to be in regular life. Like, he wanted to rejoin regular society but people wouldn't let him they kept messing with him so he thought all right i'm gonna build this underground lair then and i'll be the monster that you say that i am i'll become what you tell me i am gotcha and that's where the story is is the monster's not really the monster <laughs> it's that's the it. other people see i did look what christine I does to him christine totally takes advantage of him man uh -huh. she, she you know, he, he, he says, you want to be a star, I can teach you to sing so well that you're going to have everything you ever wanted, and I only right. ask you one thing, don't look at my face. What does she do? Boom. <laughs> yeah. I ask you one thing. That's it. It's, and there you are behind me while I'm playing music, and you got to rip off the mask. Come on. And when Cheney does that, and then I'll stop talking about it, I promise. But I get passionate about it because Cheney throws her down and he grabs her back of her head, really violent for 1925. And this, the title card that comes up is 
Feast your eyes, glut your soul on my accursed ugliness. This is what you wanted to see. Yeah. So, yeah. When when Universal calls and we get that, then we're going to be doing that one, Bill. <laughs> awesome, man. They're trying, but I heard that they, they bombed it with that Tom Cruise one I heard, and I think they all backtracked and hadn't been doing anything else now mm-hmm. at Universal Monsters. Yeah. It's the it's the too many cooks in the kitchen of the high part. It's, they're not listening to the right people. They need to listen to the soldiers out doing the work. Yeah, I fully agree. Because mm-hmm. you know the the um, the well all the uni- early Universal horror. I mean, Frankenstein and Dracula had literary roots, but the the Wolfman was completely created by the screenwriter who had come over to escape Nazi Germany. And he just completely created all of this mythology that we now take as, you know, even a man who's pure at heart. No, he just, he made it up. And I think that's marvelous. You're right. It's the people out here doing the work that need to be consulted. I think so, too. They don't listen to us so much. It's hard to get a voice some days. Now, how much can you talk? I don't want to rob this interview from Paul and those guys. And But, and, but what can you say about Three from Hell, though, Bill? That's what everybody uh, wants to know. I can tell you Three from Hell will be uh, completely brutal. Um, Rob Zombie knows exactly. He's very impressive to watch because he knows his fan base. He knows what they want. He knows exactly what he wants each shot to be. He's a very quiet person. And he also has, I think, a very keen idea of his image of who he is as a performer. Very, very sharp. Um, The violence is uh, over the top. And, uh, yeah, nobody will be disappointed by it, that's for sure. Awesome. Awesome. Did you now, did you have a good experience as far as certain actors that you haven't met before that you got to meet? And did you uh, get along with them or learn something that you didn't learn from somebody or anything yeah, like that? I hadn't worked with Richard Brake before, and um, I'd worked with Paul oh, Mosley before. Mosley and I have done two movies since then together. I worked with uh, Mosley's wife was also an actress who was there in the scene. Danny Trejo was there, who I'd met. I hadn't met Clint Howard, but he was real nice. And the food was fantastic, so it was a really good experience all around. Now, I was going to ask, too, can you answer if you're a clown or not in this movie? No, I'm not a clown. Okay, good. I was just about worried. It's like, please don't take my clown, Rob Zombie. No, I'm not. And I, I think that Rob has... Uh, now, having completed this trilogy, I think I'm not talking out of school because I've heard this in some interviews that he has some non-horror projects that he wants to pursue. And so that'll right. be interesting to see how people let him, you know, to what degree they let him move out. Because, Billy, you're talking about doing things that aren't horror and people lock right. you in, you know. Uh-huh. Well, they're so critical of him. That's what would be a question. If I had to ask him one question... Cause that's what hurts me too. And not to put that out there for records, which sucks, but uh, like, you know, I could get 3 million great reviews, but one little bad review will like to set my day in motion. And I'm like saying, gosh, you know, I should have done this better and done this better and done this better. I was wondering how he handles with the, the criticism or something on that. Or how do you handle it, Bill? Um, I, it bothers me, but it bothers me because I want, if I, if I feel like I've done something legitimately wrong and they're pointing it out, just like you just said, it bothers me because I think, mm-hmm. you know, I knew I should have done that. But if they just don't like the entire movie and the whole vibe of it, it doesn't bother me. Right. But then that would be different because 
you're the filmmaker and you created the whole vibe. Uh, oh, I so, okay. Yeah, um, but I always try to leave a comment. Um, and I'm fascinated when people, they'll be like, you know, a movie like this, like several reviews, like this is artistic, this is really interesting, blah, blah, blah. And then somebody else will say, completely amateur, all the shots were really bad, and all the <laughs> acting is really bad. Like just yeah. a blanket, we hate it. And that that always makes me wonder, did the person just have a bad day? I mean, sure, they can dislike right, the movie, right. but if you just, if you dislike everything in the movie, it kind of makes me wonder, like, you know, did you just, are you just feeling negative today? I see what you're saying. That's a good point. That's a good point. But now, what Bill doesn't understand is in Search of the Dead, I don't think I've ever read a review. I've seen something that said, this is like the biggest piece of shit in the world. Uh, the only redeeming yeah. factor is Bill O'Burst is popcorn. <laughs> that's like, that's I've seen that one, you know, three or four times where you're the only great thing about the movie. Um, but, but most of them are pretty good. We, I think we're at like, you know, I mean, from the reviews I read, I know we're at least at 90%, 95%. And compared to most indie movies, that's pretty darn good. Well, I think that it's because all of our movies, our indie movies are online now, and they're instantly comparable to $20 million movies. Yeah. So it puts us in a pool that we really should not be in. So people on Amazon can say, you know, hey, I just watched, you know, whatever superhero movie is, and <laughs> this one's yeah. not as good. Well, it's a whole different thing, you know? So we're, we're not graded the way we used to be. Like if people bought a ticket to see Circus of the Dead back in the day and they went to the drive-in or the movie theater to see it, yes, man, they would be like, like they were with Chainsaw. I don't know how Texas Chainsaw would do today if it came out. I'm sure you'd have Amazon reviews that had, you know, biggest waste of my time ever. <clears throat> it was like that when it first came out. And it was even... It was considered like a porn movie when it came out, but it, in today's standards, it doesn't even show that much. It actually kind of leaves it to the imagination. Um, but you know, you, if you're right on that Amazon thing, because I see reviews that say, you know, it's bad about Search of the Dead, but then it shows you click on that reviewer and it shows other films they reviewed, and it's like uh, Gidget goes to Hollywood or you know Andy Griffin. I'm going, well, no wonder they don't like it. Who the hell are they watching it for? Well, they think it was good. Yeah. I read one of them that said, um, I should have known watching a movie called Circus of the Dead that I wouldn't like it. And I was like, well, yes, yeah. you should have done like, some <laughs> basic research to say, what is this movie? Okay, this movie involves a necrophiliac clown. Well, do I, see, is that the kind of thing I might get into? If not, don't yeah. watch it. Because <laughs> horror fans want, I mean, you look at even American Horror Story. You look at all the stuff, Walking Dead. I mean, that stuff's pushing the envelopes now. So it's like this yeah. is what's happening is, is horror is moving forward. And it's like, you know, it's I guess some people are still kind of conservative and dragging their feet about it. But, you know, it's to me is like I guess I'm all about non-censorship. You know, I, I think you should be able to watch it. It's not real. It's not a real snuff film. It's not a real anything. It's a made-up pretend story, you know, and there's dark stories out there that are real life, you know, but we aren't showing actual footage from things like that. So I think people need to be a little bit more open-minded, I suppose. I feel the same way. Um, yeah, I don't know, you know. But somebody needs to come grab you up, Bill. I don't understand why you're not the lead on an HBO series or a Netflix series yet or something. Somebody needs to I don't wake the hell up. I don't want to be, man. I, I don't want to be. I like, I like doing these creative, strange things. And if you get locked onto a TV show, you can't do that anymore because you get typecast yeah. as whatever the thing is. So I used to think, oh, it would be great. But then I thought, you know what? I don't want 
to fit into somebody else's dream or help them accomplish their dream or play the character that they wrote forever and ever. I want to work with people who are passionate and say, I've got this brand new idea and I want to try it. That's exciting to Awesome. Me. Yeah. Yeah. Cause that top cast happens. I always wonder like the, the Robert England or the, even the Bill Mosley, you know, kind of thing. It's like, you know, you want to come promote your new thing, but you're always typecast into something like that. I kind of hope that doesn't happen with the popcorn thing. Do you do you get tired of hearing about the popcorn thing? I mean, I'm sure you won't tell me if you do, but uh, no, it's like, wouldn't that no, get old I, after a while? No, I, no, I don't because popcorn did not reach the public saturation level right, of right. Uh, you know of a Freddy Krueger. If you gotcha. had popcorn toys and stuff like that, which that would be different, but it's a, it's a cool indie project. And so I love being yeah. associated with it. Awesome. Awesome. So you don't get mad every time and not refuse to sign things from popcorn. Cause I heard like some no. actors won't sign certain things from certain things. Who is that? Oh, Peter Weller at Robocop. I heard. Yeah. Yeah. Now I will say that it's kind of weird if people online will like leave a comment, you know, referring to me as popcorn. Because I can't oh, really speak talking to you as you are, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I can't really speak in his voice or anything, and I'm just like, oh, hi. yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, that was all Billy Paul. Yeah, I mean, not to interrupt you guys too, because you know it's it's great that you guys are connecting like the way you are. But just to throw out the record, Billy, when we first interviewed Bill here, he mentioned Circus of the Dead to me and Tessa and I like I don't know three or four times. So I mean, it it kind of stuck in our mind, like, okay, we really need to see this film. So like, you oh, know, that's when he, you reached out. And then what did, what did I do in return? <laughs> we sent you some cool stuff and that's, that's how you make those fans one at a time. Just say, Hey, give this a watch, be some, give them like a little postcard or something. And, um, you know, that's what this movie's getting out. That's what I, I, I believe. It's like grassroots when you're an indie filmmaker, you got to go out there and shake hands, be honest be truthful and just get the movie out there to one person at a time. And then they'll tell a couple people and they'll tell a couple people. And hopefully someday, you know, we'll get some bigger budgets to do some bigger projects. You're right, Billy. And that's why people like you is because you're authentic and they can tell that what you see is exactly what you get. You're a guy who loves the genre. You're trying to make things that the fans will dig and keep making bigger and bigger, 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 bigger things. And yeah, pe people respond to that. I know they do with me. Like what following I have, I think is just the same way you said because you treat people straight up, you know, and you treat them nice, and that's the way. Yeah, you make fans one at a time. In our in our end of the business, we can't afford to be distant. Mm -mm, totally not at all. And you get out there and and hug everybody, take the pictures with them, and all that kind of stuff, and it, it works out in your favor. Um, and then you get somebody, you get the actors to work for you that you need to get. I mean, even dealing with actors and stuff sometimes is hard too, but Bill is very approachable. I mean, I think our first communication was on Facebook and I said, Hey, I got a script that I think you might like. Would you like to read it? Surprisingly, he says, of course. Yeah. But then, uh, I think though too, is somebody like you, Bill is like lightning in a bottle too. I don't think that that's hard to capture. And on the next one, that's what we're worried about. Um, is that I said, man, what if I don't capture that lightning in the bottle with somebody? So it's like, is it all downhill from here? So I got to 
that's always in the back of my mind is being scared too because bill's lightning in the ball that's what i tell anybody so when they call they say hey you work with bill what kind of person is he i said you shouldn't even ask you need to hire the guy right now that's what i tell everybody i said don't even ask get going now because that guy's going to work hard he's a humble man he's going to do what he's got to do to uh make it great no matter what it is well you're nice man thank you i i just want to please my customers and it's because I'm like my come from a business family, you know, my dad was in business. And so we were raised thinking about customers. So like to me, my customer starts with the director, but my customer is also the cinematographer, every department on the film. And then ultimately the distributor and then everybody who watches the film. So, and I'm always afraid I'm going to let somebody down. So, yeah. And you do, you, I, I bet now, Bill, you can say no if, or say I'm lying, but I've always felt like Bill's like me where he's just never happy with what he does and <laughs> he's got to do a better job next time out. Yeah. And that's the kind of people I like working with that just are so hungry that they're never going to be complacent. Never. Being content is a bad word. You do something that you think is good, but then within that something, you think I could have done this better. Way better. Yep. Yep. That's how I am too. But, but on your, on my end, watching you, no, that was, I've graded everybody, and you're the only one in the 90s. <laughs> in wow. cinematographers, the editors, the makeup, to all the kind of stuff, even myself. I graded myself at like a 72 on Circus. Oh, I would put you up <laughs> But well, you know, I'm, me, but... <laughs> I, wish, I wish fans understood how much every department brings to a movie, because like on Circus, the makeup artist, that makeup yeah. design that you and he came up with, it just made the movie because all of your clowns were, I've seen a lot of clown horror movies with the clowns, you know, the big frizzy neon hair, uh-huh. but you, you did classic clowns and they look like they could have walked out of another century. And I think that added to the creepiness. Well, you know where that comes from, Bill, is uh, when I opened up that Cirque to the Dead haunted house way before the movie ever come about, um, I was going to get protested here locally by this clown organization of these old women, right? This true story, Bill, I'm not making this up. And then I had, and I, I was calling and bluff or, you know, on all this kind of stuff. And then I got a call from somebody from CNN and they said, Hey, uh, we understand they're going to have a thing. We want to come interview you for this thing. And I'm going, Holy cow, this is going to be big. This is awesome. Well, long story short, somebody knew a friend of somebody and they called off that. Cause they said, I'd get too much publicity out of it. And you know, oh, people would come to my haunted house. But anyway, I met with the lady they wanted us to meet and we worked out our problems and she said you're not respecting the clown thing and that's where i learned about the classic clowns and the no makeup above the lip kind of thing and and i did my research is because i I wanted to be as real as possible but if it wasn't for that you know clown upheaval i would have never dug into the deep deep research of what a classic clown actually was and stuff and do my research and so i mean thanks to them (laughs) that's where the makeup comes from that and esau no makeup above the lip, right? That's interesting. Yeah. And you see all these other clown movies and they're, you know, put it on above there and all that. It was some kind of written rule or something other she was telling me about. And sure enough, it was in the books. Interesting. And you chose the cowls too, which I really like that look. Uh-huh. Well, I was looking for something different um, on that one. And I was afraid too. It's like, I don't know if he's going to shave his head. And I knew Ryan was already going to be bald because we already did that character in a fake trailer. And uh, Jumbo was supposed to be a mini noodle dome. And, of course, Rusty's turned out, you know, spectacular with the fake hair. And he was supposed to be mm-hmm. like a burn victim with, like, you know, those fake skin masks that people wear. He was supposed to be like oh. that. And then we put it on him. His head was so big, it ripped. 
I go, oh, crap. I go, well, let's use Papa Corn's extra cow and uh, cut this hair off of this old clown mask from my haunted house. And sure enough, I knew the cigarette was going to be there because that was always part of it. Because I already seen my dad with a cigarette dangling as a kid, and that was always kind of <laughs> seeing that. But but they all played themselves. I mean, people always say, man, your clowns are so good. And I go, they were the most – those three actors were, were not actors, you know, and they went along Bill really well, so they all played good. Some of them I made just sh- shut up and not talk. Uh, Rusty, he just, I said, my rule was never to get over five or six words. I knew he'd be okay. <laughs> and that's, it worked out pretty good. You know what my biggest regret on Circus of the Dead is? I put a dent in the hood of someone's <laughs> Roy's. Jeep or an SUV. No, it was Roy's van. He, it he was signed the scene. In. Yeah, guys who were watching, there was a scene in Circus of the Dead where Papa Corn is enjoying himself. In an obscene way, but he's really enjoying himself. And he's laying up on the hood of a, <laughs> of, a, of this um, SUV, and he's watching the other clowns take care of this guy on the top of a roof. And he's really enjoying it and getting excited. And I think I was too vigorous, and I, I put a dent in the hood. And, and what you do in return is Roy had you sign his dash. I got a picture of that. I'll upload it with the podcast. I did sign his desk, but I feel bad. I feel bad about. No, he, that's his most prized possession. He tells everybody that. And since then too, that van's beat to heck since then. Cause now it's old. That was 2013. So I don't okay, think he'll good. ever sell it because of that. At least he'll pull the dash out and hang it up. But it says you wrote on there. Uh, Thanks for not killing me, Roy. No, <laughs> <absolutely>. <laughs> Well, I'm glad. Uh, I'm glad that this is all coming together as planned. <laughs> no, I, I mean it's good that you guys are connecting, and I mean that's I think one of the cool things that Tessa and I talked about doing is like you know watching other people who are really good buddies, like you two are, and we started talking about how well maybe what we can do is start reuniting certain people who haven't talked or whatever in so long that when they come onto the show and get that surprise moment like Bill did with Billy here being on, I mean, you know, we started to talk about that and it was cool too, because we did ask Billy if he wanted his own, uh, his own interview. And he's just like, nah, I'll wait till, till Bill's ready. So, so I give, I give him props for that. But well, it's, it's not like even, I mean, I, I consider Bill a great friend and a brother. Because um, when you, you make a movie with somebody, especially an indie movie, I, and I wasn't in war and I ain't taking that away from the veterans or anything, but it's like being in a damn war. And these there are people, is. I mean, that's what I said, the, the actors and even the, you know, I was telling somebody I was snaking a toilet one day up at our studio. And somebody goes, you're doing that and you're the director. I go, hey, this is an indie film, man. It's all, all hands on deck. Um, so you got to do everything. But it's a war that you go through. And and talking oh. to Bill now, it's very good for me. But see, it's like we're almost like a an old married couple. It's like I get mad when I see other movies come out with Bill, and I go, man, we should be doing something. We should be doing something. So it's like hard to share him. So it's like I'm talking yeah. about Bill. Why? <laughs> I'm the same way. Because I feel like, oh, Bill Pond's doing this movie with Brad Potts. Like, what? Yeah. <laughs> oh, you're going to be there. Me and Brad always said that. You know, where that come up is your fault anyway, because he said, I didn't know Brad either, just like I didn't know you, but uh, 
you know, I only knew I could, you know, go after a couple of stars or whatever. And, you know, Brad fit the role of that one, but it was so short, Brad, at the end of the set said, well, uh, I'd really like to do a bigger part. <laughs> and I go, well, let's do something. <laughs> like so, so that's what we started turning to this thing. And, and, and I picked his brain and it's, it's such a great script too. And Bill's, of course, you got an extra special part in there too, that I think you're going to love. Cause I wrote it about you and your philosophy and the things that you like in life and stuff like that. So I think it'll be something that'll mean a lot to you, but we ain't done bill. I mean, unless one of us dies or something, we ain't done making magic. So and we got to give the fans a part two someday. I love it, man. And I'll tell you, um, you talked about everybody pitching in on any film. I was just, just before Christmas, out in the desert doing one with D. Wallace. And D and I were walking around picking up water bottles while a PA was sitting there on her phone. <laughs> Facebook, I guess. So we just walk around picking up water bottles. And I, you know, I stuffed the trash down on my foot and D would bag it. And she asked, where does this go? And I thought this is indie film because you see Wallace walking around picking up water bottles. Pick up tra- yeah, yeah. As she said, quote unquote, she said they're not going to pick themselves up. So I was like, that's indie mm-hmm. film. But that's the people you want to work with, right there, is what Bill's saying too. Because some people you do work with, you know, no names mentioned or anything, they ain't going to do that kind of stuff. So that's that's the kind of people you look for, directors and movie makers. You know, you look for those humble people that just want to be part of something special. And it's you know a team team effort, total team effort. And you and you hope that eventually the PA might look up from the phone and say, "Is this something I could be doing?" (laughs) Or somebody come whisper in the director's ear and you say, "Hey, would you get the fuck off your ass? Pick up these damn bottles. (laughs) Bill Oberst and D. Wallace is picking up these damn bottles. Get your ass over there before I whip it, damn it!" That's what a director does. Yeah, that's right. I'll tell you what, Rob Zombie would do it. We were shooting a scene on uh, Three from Hell, and he wanted a particular angle, and they were uh, arguing about it, not with him, but with one another for the best way to do it. Uh And he was quiet, and he sat there, and then he just stood up and said in this real calm voice, but they cut through everything, he said, can we just stop bleeping arguing about it and shoot it? And I mean now. And instantly they just snapped into line. Uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's awesome. I'd killed to have been on that. You should have had me as, well, Billy's got to be here to comb my hair or something. I would have yeah, loved right. to just be a fly on the wall because I want to see how the real guys do it. You know what I mean? That's what I, because I don't, I'm always afraid I'm going to get put on a big set and not know what to do and freeze up. <laughs> I'll tell you that um, his continuity person is the best I've ever seen. She was in between every take. She was there with her notes and she would adjust your collar, or your belt, or, you know, cause we're rolling around and tussling and things get, and she was resetting everything. I mean, immaculate, every character, every take. And I said, you are really on it. And she said, quote, if I'm not, Rob will fire me, unquote. <laughs> there you go. So wow. there you go. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, don't, don't, and, and guys, don't make any mistake. Billy Pond knew what he wanted on his movie too. But I yes, can't, it's hard to fire free people <laughs> when you're Indian. You've got these yeah. local people. These are just friends and family. But you know what, though, Bill? When we had barbecues, or I remember seeing you in parachute barbecue and chicken fried steak sandwiches. And I was like, let's, let's hook these guys up with some food. And I hear Parrish will tell you, he said, well, that was one of the best shoots I've ever been on in my life. Well, if you feed people, you're allowed to criticize them, right? Yes. If you've at least fed them, you then you can say, okay, get your ass in gear. 
It's just the point of wanting something special. That's the kind of people you're going to work for. If it's the people in life, no matter what their job is, that just phones it in. I don't want those people. I want the people that are just hungry for something better, you know, and, and try harder to get it. Yeah, and then at the end, when, when other people appreciate it and laugh and all that. I just did this uh, special deal when we screened it out at Texas Frightmare Weekend in 2014. I had Anthony shoot all this footage. And I hadn't done nothing with it. And I said, okay, I'm going to Frightmare this year. I'm going to make a special edition, Texas or uh, Texas Frightmare Weekend edition, Circus of the Dead. And it's going to have all this behind the scenes stuff from 2014 screening. And it just reminded me, like Friday night, we filled the room, but Saturday night was standing room only because people heard it from Friday night. And I was thinking, holy cow, that this did take off really big. But uh, but that's a whole nother story with distributors and all that kind of stuff. We could That could be a four-hour show on its own. Um, but Bill, I was going to ask you too, what do we got to do to get Rob Zombie to see Circus? Or if you saw Circus? I do not know. Um, I, I did mention the movie to him as we were riding his set. But you know, when you see people, when they're working, they're only focused on their own project. On what worked. That's a good point. Yep, 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 yep. I would be too, yeah. So I was just always curious what he thought about that. I'd like to know too. I would too. Well, maybe I said you'll start hanging out. You might be his new buddy. He might steal you from me, and <laughs> I'll be the the bitter old wife and just oh, I love the good old days. <laughs> well, hey, uh, Paul, do you guys have any questions for us? We're just yapping away, hogging the whole thing before we have to go because I know I'll have to go in a few minutes because I got to get prettied up to do this Facebook Live event for um, for the, this. Yeah, let's talk about this, Paul. Yeah, we can talk about this real quick. And um, so this is coming back out. Uh, it's going to be coming out, I should say, by Unearthed Films on January 22nd. So, Bill, can you what can you tell us about this upcoming film that uh, Bill here was already kind of asking you questions for? But what can you actually tell us about it? Well, it's, uh, it's Latino-based. Uh, the gentleman who filmed it named Adrian Corona, he wrote it and directed it. Uh, he's multi language, he's multicultural, father lives on the border, and so it's infused with Latino culture and uh, mystical beliefs. Um, it gets into the legend of the Mandrake, uh, but it's it's a strange film, it's a brutal film, it's an offensive film, it doesn't completely explain itself, and it's an artistic film. So for those reasons, I say that it's not for the casual viewer, for somebody who just thinks, oh, I like horror movies, much like Circus of the Dead. It's, you need to know what it is when you're going into it. Uh, because it, it has moments in it that, just like Circus of the Dead, that are offensive and that are hardcore. But at the end of it, it leaves you with an impression that you won't forget. So that, that's what I can honestly say about it. Uh, and what we're going to do on uh, Facebook Live today in a, a little while here is show a couple of trailers and talk some behind the scenes and stuff like that. Nice. Nice. Um, I noticed when, when we were watching it too, is that there was hardly any dialogue. And what was nice about that too, is that it, it, the film itself told the story without that dialogue overpowering the film. So, and um, also with these really interesting cult creatures, I should say, especially, I won't say too much, but especially near that end in there. And so my my question also, too, is 
in your own pers uh, perspective, because I know how we opened up the door last time we you were on with us, Bill, is uh, with the paranormal and the supernatural and all that stuff. But like in this case, what are your thoughts on these type of weird, uh, if I may say, uh, like man dragon thing that we kind of keep seeing uh, across the film? But what are your per like what are your thoughts really on these really interesting creatures? Well, it's a nature, uh, it's a sort of a nature cult that believes that with the seed of a murderer buried in the right place, you can grow a mandrake, which is uh, has the body of a plant and the soul of a human. It's very ancient. One of the most ancient forms of beliefs is that nature and humans were somehow tied together. Now we just think, oh, it's a tree. I'll cut it down and I'll build a McDonald's. But people had a deeper connection with the soil. It's almost like thrusting your hand down, way down into the dirt, all the way to the elbow and feeling around in there. That's what it feels like to me, is that it's a return to the earth. And, it's, and in one way, because of the stuff we're doing to the earth, you know, we really raped it. I liked it. That's one of the things I liked about the script was it wasn't set at any particular time period. And this guy was just out in nature and he was interacting with the earth in ways that he wouldn't have chosen to, but you know, uh, yeah, that's, that, that's why I liked it was because there was not much dialogue and it was getting back to some of the more ancient beliefs that people had about how we might be connected to nature. Nice. Yeah. I mean, uh, I mean, they, they definitely used the old, um, I should say, uh, well, I don't know if that would be the right wording, but the old ancient ritual, type form especially with what they needed for yeah the the plants per se and right. and like you know everything else that either you went through or the lady like in the beginning that went through just to set it all up it was just like like what am i watching versus what is actually going on to what are these type of creatures really like it, it it's kind of sets off like you said it doesn't really say all of it of what what this is but it gives you enough to in this case talk about it uh, even after yeah. the film is done. right and that's what i like like um, and and again circus also had a lot of those kind of questions because i've talked to people about like well how are the clowns you know how do they how do they hide all of this from the circus where did they come from how did they meet how do they start working together? Have they been working together for a long time? All these things that the audience can just infer, you sort of just drop down right into the action, and which, which I really like. I like a movie that leaves me with some questions, and this one does. It's short. It's uh, less than 70 minutes. I think it's like 67, something like that. And that's a controversial thing in film is, you know, does my movie have to be 90 minutes? And I'm no. always at, Billy knows from dealing with, distributors and can probably address this more as a filmmaker, but I know as an actor, I'm always saying to me personally, no. And as a viewer, I don't care how long your movie is. Just tell the story and don't pad it. If, if it's 70 minutes, I'm happy. If you've told me the story, I mean, Billy, do you feel that way? Yeah, I totally agree too. I mean, our first cut of circus was 220. <laughs> right, I got it down to 145 because of the, all the distributors and all that kind of stuff. And what's funny now is the fans now would like a longer cut, of course, because now they like it and think about it. But no, I thought, 
I thought this was, you know, perfect. I didn't even think about the time length. I didn't know how long it was or how short it was. I just watched it and fell into the story and stuff like that. And that thing that happened to Bill and the the woman at the first, um, I'm a, I'm assuming that's the secret ingredient to Miracle Grow, is it not? That's yes, right. That's exactly yeah. right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love yeah. it. So it, it's like you said too, is it, it makes you think. That's a good movie. When it makes you think and you can't get it all, it's like gravy to your ribs. You can't get rid of it. That's a movie for me. Yeah, because like for, for me, Paul, cinema is a language, and we can do anything we want with it. Like it's 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 a tongue that we speak as actors, filmmakers, creative people. We can make it sound any way we want. Yes, I mean there are rules. You can say, oh well, rom coms do this and horror slashers do this. But why not just say, I don't care about your rules. This is my language, and I will speak my language, and you will listen. Man, that's the kind of movie I like, is somebody's talking to me in a language that I don't completely understand. God, I love that. But it tells and it's like that movie, Dis. It's like, to me, is it's it's got to be somewhat organic, too. It's got to, the, the movie's going to, when you're writing, it should grow and tell you. When you're shooting, it should grow and tell you. When the actors, it's growing and tell I mean, how much did you know about Papa Court at the end compared to the first? I mean, it just, everything in life to me grows. It has to grow. And that's what was cool about this is that that is really kind of makes sense. It's like things got to grow. You know, it grows, it dies, it starts over again. And that, I mean, that's what's cool about it. But you should apply that to everything in life. We have to grow or we're just going to be stagnant. What's the point of anything if we're just a, a bump on the log? Right. And I'm, I'm going to head toward getting off because I got to get ready for this um, Facebook deal. But I want to say something I heard Pond say at the very beginning of this, which is about the, that is the fear of death. To me, that is, it's also what motivates me and not leaving something behind that matters. And I think it's, I think that can be a positive motivating force in the world. We ignore it in our culture a lot. You know, we just do not talk about it. But it can be a positive force to say my time on this earth is limited, and what can I do with that time? I'm getting ready to do a stage play as Ray Bradbury. And Sir Bradbury said, I'm not an optimist. I'm a behavioral, what did he say? I'm an optimal behaviorist. I'm not an optimist. I'm an optimal behaviorist. He says, what can I do today before I go to sleep? To, uh, to move me towards some goal, something I'd like to do, no matter how small, what can I do so that tonight when I go to bed, I say, ah, I did everything I could have done. If this is the last day, I've done everything I could have done. And it's a positive force, but you don't get that unless you're faced with mortality. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I really respect yep. Billy for saying that because we don't talk about it in our culture. Exactly. Exactly. So, before um, you leave, um, I have a question for you. So, when you first got the role of Papa Corn, what was your first thoughts about it? My first thought, did you ask? Yes. My first thought was completely wrong, was that, oh, well, this will be played for laughs. That was my first thought. And I even wrote Billy an email. Uh, saying something like, oh, you know, he should have a tattoo on his butt. It's like a smiley face or something like that, very fluent. And and Billy responded and told me that the character is not at all a joke, that he's a homicidal maniac serial killer. 
and um, he just happens to have a day job as a clown. And so I was completely wrong about the character. And so from that point on, I said, I need to ask, I need to stick really close to Billy Pond and Lee Ancrum because they created this character and they've known him for years in the haunted house. So I stuck really close and asked a lot of questions, uh, which I think was the wise thing to do because my initial thoughts were completely wrong. Crazy. And uh, real quick to Bill, going back to that new film that's coming out, Dis. Um, so uh, for the for the last thing that I could figure out to for a question too is how would you detail the different? I'm a, I'm assuming they were like segments, and how do and do they somehow tie into the the biblical quote that are also mentioned in the film? Yeah, it's really funny you say that. The, the whole thing, uh, this is one of the circles of hell in Dante's Inferno, which is a Christian novel about hell, you know, very, very early from the Middle Ages, but it's supposedly one of the circles of hell. So, yeah, absolutely, it, uh, it ties in with ideas of, of hell and what hell is. I don't think that the Christian interpretation of hell, as it's generally seen, is even a tenth of what it really is. I do believe that there is a hell, but you know, a place where you know people burn and it hurts a lot doesn't seem nearly enough to me. Would <laughs> be something more psychological and deeper. Like the question in the movie, this and people understand it. If you watch it, you think you might like it. Um, check it out. And I question whether any of it ever happened. Whether it's not all in the character's mind, which is another thing that I really like in a movie, is for me to go wait. Did that really even happen, or were they just imagining it? So yeah. Ooh, that's a good that's a good question. I didn't even think of that. So interesting. And uh, yeah. Bill, real quick before you have to go too, because um, I know we don't we kind of dove right into this, but which is fine. But um, uh, if you wouldn't mind, real quick, Bill, is to give a small origin story of who you are, real quick, for people who may not have heard the first interview with with you with us uh yeah i'm an actor and um i do stage and i do screen and yeah that's that's about it but just put it this way everybody he just does everything that's why he's always busy so getting the pleasure right now of talking with bill Obert is always a pleasure and everything else so he's a, he's such a great humble dude like billy has already said and i mean he He's really great. He's a good person. He's a good, amazing soul that, um, you know, one day hopefully we can all meet up and have a beer together or something. I'd really like that. And I th thank you guys for having me. And, Billy, this was a real gift being able to talk to you, man. You're my brother. I love you. And we're going to work together again. We will, buddy. I love you, too. All right, man. I'll talk to you guys. Talk to you hey, later, Bill. Bill. Have a good one. Yeah, you take it easy, Bye. Bill. Ah, man, thank you. Bye. Sweet. <laughs> so, I'm Billy, sad now. I mean, <laughs> I'm sad he's gone. It's funny because it's like I said to you guys, it was like a, uh, I know it sounds like, you know, weird and all, but I said it's just when you're on set, you go through war, and we haven't caught up for a while. You know what I mean? We we get on the phone and we'll talk for five minutes or something. But, you know, most of us are usually busy and stuff. So we haven't sit down and talk about stuff. But it, it makes me miss the guy. He He's really that good of a dude and that good of an actor. I mean, it's just, you know, anybody thinking about hiring him, hire the guy. He's just that good of a dude. 
No, that's fine. Uh, Billy, I mean, real quick, do you do you want to keep chatting or do you have something to do? I'm just wondering real quick. Well, we yeah, we got it. I'm going to the. It's my first time going to altitude because we got a grandkid's birthday party. Um, okay. So I guess kids are going to jump around on a trampoline, and I'm going to smile <laughs> and, and eat a piece of birthday cake. Nice. <laughs> well, before you go, then um, yes, sir. I still I got I have, to 15 minutes. Yeah. Okay. Can I at least get a origin story of who you are for people that may not know who the hell you are? Yeah, I'm a uh, I'm a dude from Texas who started doing haunted houses when I was in elementary school because my mom was like a PTA president. Um, the While I was doing haunted houses, I started liking horror stuff. So then the VHS revolution came along and I just started renting every horror movie I could and um, just fell in love with movie making. And, you know, that's just what I knew I was wanting to do. So I do haunted houses to afford to do, you know, horror movies every so often. And I don't put out as many as everybody else, but my one is usually better than, you know, 10 of the other ones. So that's, that's what I'm trying to do is to make the next movie. So. So, uh, Billy, um, what's your inspiration for like making movies? Like, I know you just said, um, that HS's... well, two of them, of course, you know, I saw, I'm older, you know, I was, I saw Star Wars as a seven year old at a drive-in and, um, you know, I said, wow, it's just the, the, the whole art of storytelling. And it's like, I, I guess I was always born with the good creativity. Um, but then I saw Texas Chainsaw Massacre from 74, like in the 80s, after I watched part two first, went backwards. And I love part two, you know, it's campy and fun. But when I saw part one, it was just, it did something else to me. It just made me want to tell this, you know, more realistic stories and stuff. And that that's my inspiration, that and the original Halloween and stuff for how to make a good movie. Um, but mostly is I started working at a TV station in 98 down here in Odessa, Texas. And I only took that job so I could learn how to use cameras and learn how to, cause I went to school for music with all things. And, uh, but I went to this TV station and started working and working my way up, but I learned how to write, learn how to edit, you know, and meet with, uh, people for po possible commercials and stuff like that. So it's kind of, television is kind of like a mini film industry. And I think that showed that. And then I started seeing these indie films that people were putting out. And I said, hey, let's just make a short. So we took the, cam the camera that we we're doing a commercial for, and we made a short called Doll Boy. And I wasn't even going to put it in a film festival because I didn't like it. And my friend talked me into it. And I put it in one film festival, and it, it got in. And then I put it in two, and it got in. And uh, then it just started blowing up after that. And that thing, I think up to date, is like 70, 75 film festivals it's been in it's through its run. But I just saw other people's stuff. And not to sound better, I just can see what they did wrong. And I knew I wouldn't make those mistakes. Um, so I just thought I could do a better job than most people are doing that's doing it. And I just wanted to throw my name into the the ring. And somebody invited me to Frightmare. And I went out there with Dollboy and just the uh, people that said, man, you, I really loved your movie Dollboy. It's just, it kind of inspired me to just keep going and go further. And that's where I'm at now. I'm broke and I'm a filmmaker. <laughs> so... Man. Yeah, when I watched uh, Circus of the Dead, I enjoyed it so much that I watched it like two times. Dude, that's awesome. I'm. It's you need to go see a psychiatrist. Um, <laughs> <laughs> now, did y'all did y'all see the original Dollboy short that I did back in? I think it was two thousand eight or two thousand nine. It's online. It's a thirty minute short, but it actually takes place right before Circus of the Dead. I uh, haven't yeah. seen it yet. It's online, y'all should totally check it out. 
and uh but i'm saying if you're a circus of the dead fan you'll see a lot of easter eggs we filmed doll boy first just before we filmed circus because we wanted to see if we could do it but we used just a regular tv production camera and all that for circus you know we got a movie camera and all that kind of stuff but uh it's worth the watch i always tell just the diehard fans because they'll get the Easter eggs. You'll see, you'll recognize people in circus that were in this one and it starts answering some questions. I'm big on like the Tarantino thing, you know, like the Vegas, they mentioned them in other movies and they always got the red apple cigarettes and all this kind of stuff. So it's like, I like little Easter eggs placed in movies and Dollboy's got some that goes to circus and what circus was about. Same thing with that beer store scene in circus, the DEF CON beer banners, that's the name of my haunted house. It was like DEF CON, uh, uh l of the dead or something and then uh, like light of the dead or something and that was back to the haunted house and then there was some uh jimmy hendrix kind of beer and we just made all kinds of different stuff just to uh throw in some easter eggs nice that's cool and uh billy it's i it's i may say how how do you feel that your movie Circus of the Dead failed? Because I know you were kind of talking with me about it, but how? Why do you think Circus of the Dead failed? Or you mean like um, financially, or through um, visually, or like you know, yeah, my execution of making. Well, I guess let me rephrase this. Like, do you do you believe Circus of the Dead failed because of the fact that it didn't get the popular, uh, not popular, the publicity that that it should have gotten well you know i mean should have the i wouldn't say that because nobody you don't nobody deserves shit in life you got to make the things happen i'm saying it's it's sometimes it's like the 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 hit on the death star you know i mean it's a shot in a million sometimes it's very tough and it's like i've met many of indie filmmakers that's got just great little films that i say oh my god this is so great but if they don't have like certain star power or certain like this, if these distributors don't want it. And we haven't even touched the base of most distributors being, you know, crooks, you know, and, it, and it's their fault for being crooks, but it's not their fault for the industry right now. It's so intimidated with things now. The basically hard copy sales are almost a thing of the past, the DVDs and stuff. I mean, it's really going to VOD and stuff. And now that it's VOD, it's getting bootleg like nobody's business. So you know, it's, it's, here's what I'm saying is we spent say over a hundred thousand on circus. Um, we should have spent a hundred thousand also on promoting and publicity. We didn't, I was always the thing of saying, just make a good film and you know, things will fall into place. And that's why I say, I'm not going to say the movie failed because I think it's one of those movies that people love so much. That's going to be like chainsaw massacre. It's like, I saw the original chainsaw massacre and, 83 or something on vhs you know what i mean i wasn't around during i was too young on that so i'm saying i think it's one that just takes time i think it's when it falls into the right hands it does what it's supposed to do and doing haunted houses there's so many crappy haunted houses in the world people come out and talk smack about them well i always hang out at the back door at my haunted house just to be a you know a bird on the wall or a fly on the wall and i hear people saying what it is it's like if you can get above a 90 percent approval rating on something you're doing really good and I kind of feel like that's where circus is at as far as with real horror fans. Um, but some of the horror fans that think they're horror fans, they watch the walk of dead, then they come to search of the dead and they get freaked out pretty bad. So it's like, I just think there's a, a little break in that. I think real horror fans, you know, love it. And I think mainstream just hadn't caught. They're not up to speed mentally <laughs> or in their heart for it yet, but I don't think it's failed. Um, it failed financially. We're selling it ourselves, but I will say this. I mean, we've made 
almost half of our budget back. And there's not a friend I know that went through a distributor that's made that much money on distrib- distribution deals and stuff. I mean, that's where the crookedness is in the business. Uh, fortunately, like this, they're working with uh, Unearthed Films, and that's uh, Stephen uh, Biro, and he's a good dude. Uh, when I first met him, I thought he was the most negative person in the world. And I said, what is this guy's freaking problem? I was sitting on a film panel with him at Days of the Dead in Chicago, and uh, he was saying, some guy stood up to ask a question to the filmmakers. He goes, well, I was thinking about getting into filmmaking and make a film. And uh, Biro said, uh, this is the owner of Unearthed Films, said, uh, well, you need to change that because apparently you don't like money. <laughs> you need to change wow. what you want to do. And then, so I was thinking, what is this? Because at the time, it was before Circus come out, I was just screening at these festivals. I thought a distributor was going to come and like you know offer me a billion dollars or something like that. Days like that don't exist anymore, and I don't want to get into too many of the numbers or something. But we, if we did get offered, you know, ten or twenty thousand dollars up front, I mean, all that stuff's got to come out on the back end. And here's the problem: is on the back end, you have to go by with what they're saying. You understand what I'm saying? It's like, well, we had to pay for DVD uh, uh, processing and this and that. It's like you get nickel and dime where there's never ever a profit on your end. You know, and and they may get on here, and if I was fighting with somebody in a, a, that was a distributor, they may say, well, you know, you don't understand, Billy. This stuff costs money, and there's not as much money to be made anymore, and this and that. And they might be right, too, but I can't speak from it from that end. I can only say from what I know. Before I went with any distributor, and the reason I didn't is I, I called friends or people that made films with these people and asked them how was their uh, experience. And nine out of ten times, it was bad. And this, and I called over 24, two dozen different directors and filmmakers to talk to them about this stuff before I signed with any company. And that's why I didn't sign. That's why it's self-released. But you get them pop up like Unearth with Steven, and then you got Justin Seaman and uh, um, uh, Zane Hershberger, who they did the barn. Y'all remember the barn? Yeah, I, I saw it on Shutter. Yeah. Well, they run, they run uh, screen time films. So I'm seeing a lot of indie people banding together like that, banding together and selling their own movies through a, a legitimate thing because Steven's going to pay you for what sells and those guys are going to screen. They're going to pay you for what sells. It's like in all my indie filmmaking friends, I notice is kind of going to these type of things because these distributors, you know, out in BFE aren't, aren't, they're just, they're, they're fabricating numbers on the back end. Wow. And yeah, you'd be surprised, guys. We turned down one deal because they wouldn't let go of the character rights. And, you know, I was like, well, that's not even an issue. I'm not going to keep the character rights so I can make toys and stuff. And those are coming, so I will have some. I didn't tell Bill, but even like that penis, we're, we're, hopefully we're going to do a dildo for sale someday. So I don't Because <laughs> <laughs> you, you remember in the movie with the painted head and all, we're going to have one that's actually, you know, you can buy in a box. So I'll save you guys one of those. Oh, sweet. <laughs> That's awesome. I can't wait. What is that? Uh, don't worry about it. Just watch the film and yeah. then you'll understand. <laughs> well, I just thought it would be funny, too, if they started carrying them to conventions and getting Bill to sign those. That would be funny. He may not think as highly of me after that. I don't know. <laughs> but I like giving my friends hell, so that would be a good way to give them hell, I suppose. Hey, you might as well. You might as well throw them what you got. <laughs> But no, all the toys and stuff, it's all it's all into plan and merchandising and stuff. It's just there's a lot of red tape and stuff like that from investors and stuff like that. So, I mean, it, it'll all change. And then, of course, the cancer through the whole freaking 
you know, monkey wrench into everything. I'm just trying to recoup, you know, my health just to get back to doing this stuff. But uh, I got a lot of stuff yeah. on the horizon. Yeah, my mother has cancer as well, so it's I know how it it's is. It's a it's a rough ass thing, man. It sucks. Uh, and you know, I go up to that cancer center, and I notice that it just doesn't it doesn't discriminate with race or gender. It's like cancer does not give a shit. Yes, no. exactly. Yeah, I mean, my father had cancer back when I was younger, and I mean, he 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 did what he could. I mean, it got to the point where we actually had to uh, feed him through a tube to his stomach kind of thing. Right. And then, and then after that, like, like, like I was just telling on my other, well, kind of, I, the last interview that I did with Alex Merkin, who directed no escape room, um, which is, I'm going to say it again for those listening. This is not, anywhere like similar to the escape room that is out in theaters right now no escape room came out back in october 6th so no escape room came out before the film escape room that is out in theaters as we speak right now but the idea but the i um the idea of this though is what i'm trying to say is like when my dad was going through the cancer like not only do you see him fighting because he had brain cancer and uh-huh. when he when he defeated it the cancer took away part of his brain so and we're talking about a guy who served the country for vietnam and like mm-hmm. came back and like i said told alex like everybody knows how the soldiers were treated then like they were pretty much treated like shit and then you know and then you get this guy like my dad who won and fought cancer or yeah you you know what i'm trying to say like battle cancer and won but like it came with a cost though and that cost yeah, was yeah that that part of his brain that got that got destroyed from the cancer kind of made him not really himself anymore and mm-hmm. one thing i forgot to mention on alex's uh uh podcast which i later mentioned him and told him but just to throw it out here is my, I remember my dad would have one of those moments where he would think he's back in Vietnam and me and my sister would be like trying to eat cereal or whatever. And then he would grab us and yank us down away from the windows because he was afraid that the Vietnamese outside would see us. So it, it, it's scary. And I mean, for those that want to know more about this story, just go listen to Alex Merkin's interview that I did with him recently on No Escape Room. And I brutally came out with an old, scary horror story back when I was little. So, yeah. But, you know, Bill, yeah, I, uh, Bill yeah. Yeah. So, Bill, you like, I give you props. And I mean, you're like, you're a strong dude and you'll get through it. I know you will. Well, I'll tell you this too is people need to remember is it like your dad is. It just doesn't affect the person that has the cancer. It's the loved ones and stuff around them. It's you're affected, your family's affected, and it, everybody goes through it together, and it's a tough-ass thing, you know? And, and you know, just to go through that, it's something you can't let go of. It was You went through it, too, if you think about it, and it's something you'll never be able to let go to. So it's like my wife and friends and, and family and stuff that helped me along and stuff. I appreciate it because it is. It's everybody, you know, has to go through it with that, and that's what gets me through it. Exactly, exactly. 
you just always got to have somebody there for you to talk with and whatever, because, you know, without that, uh, I'll say shoulder support really is like, you know, you really don't know if you're going to be able to do it. But if you get that people that say like, oh, hey, I'm going to help you get through it. And you're going to find that courage to be like, damn right I am. I'm going to get through this. So, yeah. But real quick, Billy, because I don't know how much more time you got, but um, are we able to ever probably see anything coming out from you in the future? Well, yeah. I mean, unless I just drop dead. Cowboys from Hell should be next. But uh, I'm going to sneak in. I started this this uh, thing on Facebook you might see is called a uh, bloody TV and you know, cause I'm bloody bill, but, um, but I'm starting to do shorts and stuff here and there. I might just start filming little talk shows or little things or whatever. It's just kind of, I keep myself busy cause the whole thing about getting cancer is I'm just going to keep myself busy. But the next feature will be Cowboys from hell with Brad Potts, who was in circus and also bill will be in there too. Parish oh, will awesome. be in there. Some of these guys I met in, you know, circus become brothers. And see that, that thing, I, it's that uh, you know what's really funny that you say that is that there's some people that I've interviewed, even as like you and Bill were just talking and me listening and stuff, and how you and I talk every now and then, VIA text or whatever. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't just look at you as a guy who directs films. I look at you as a friend because you know what, you're taking your time, your personal time to chat with me and everything else, and you know, I really hate hearing people that say, oh, yeah, I got this interview with this website. And, you know, after the interview is done, they completely just log out and that's it. And, you know, I'm like, fuck that. Because I'd rather even either before, after, during, or whatever, I want to talk with the people. Like, I want them to know, hey, I'm a serious person. I take everything serious. I... I tell everybody that everybody we meet here in the podcast is a friend of mine. And I hope that they think of us, like Tessa and I, um, as friends as well. Because, you know, like I said, like you're sacrificing your time to talk with us. And we're usually, and we're right now really a nobody. I mean, yeah, I mean, our podcast is almost two years old. But, I mean, it's still the fact that, you know, you guys, accepted the fact to come talk with us yeah and that's why i think me and bill work so good together we're we're a lot alike now we look nothing alike <laughs> so but uh he's in shape and i'm like uh we look like big you ever see Smokey and the bandit oh my god big we look like big enos and little enos maybe we should dress up like that at a convention sometime <laughs> <laughs> well you know i'm not I would say I'm not really in shape either, per se, but I mean, I mean, I, I, I do what I can. <laughs> but, uh, Tristan, do you have anything to ask Billy real quick? Or is there anything at all? No, no, not really. I just um, hope further down the road I can get to know Billy as much as you do, Paul. And I really enjoyed just hearing Bill and Billy just talk back and forth. I really enjoyed that. You know, I was in my like glory. Old, just... old married couple, weren't we? <laughs> <laughs> Reliving the good old days. Just no, that's right, why right. I was. That's no. why I was halfway mu- muted. Was I just enjoyed just you guys talking back and forth because I was in my glory. I'm like, wow! I just watched 
Circus of the Dead like not that long ago, and now I'm listening to the director and the actor. It's like mind blowing. Dream come true. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know what blow your mind is what what Bill was on screen as popcorn and what Bill is in real life couldn't be further from apart. Yeah. Because once we yelled action, that dude don't until it says cut, he's popcorn man, and it's 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 frightening. I mean, being next to him when he's acting and stuff, it's very frightening and stuff. But uh. Oh, yeah. You get to meet him outside of that, you know, when you're sitting around the craft table eating food or something. I mean, you know, or him drinking coffee or something. It's 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 a uh, it's a cool thing. We had a barbecue. We had one day off that we got scheduled because somebody couldn't fly in or something. So the whole cast and crew had this huge barbecue. And I remember Bill was there too, and Paris Randall. He's a good dude too. Y'all should talk to him sometime. He uh, was uh, doing disco dancing with the girls or something, and I, I don't think I ever laughed that hard in my life or something. So it's like. You know that you become a family on these these film shoots, or at least good ones. You do. I haven't had a bad one yet, but I'll make sure on my watch. At least my movies, they won't be bad experiences because we just need to have a good experience and have a good time and make a great movie. Oh, I I one hundred percent agree with that. But yeah, but Tristan, was... you need to watch Doll Boy. Go back and watch Doll Boy. Yeah, and, uh, I definitely will. Yeah, Tristan, if you look, if you go to the podcast website, search. Uh, doll boy or circus of the dead you'll see my review and i actually posted that oh, doll boy right, short yeah. because okay because, i'll definitely look it up well yeah well billy billy had it public so i just put the video onto the article for people to watch awesome. since it was already public so yeah it was yeah, nice i, I mean i, I enjoyed it well see that's what i'm saying guys back on that one last thing before i leave you guys is is the distribution thing don't think i'm i'm not some bitter Oh, cranky old lady that says you know oh, i'm not a millionaire i don't you know at the end of the day i don't care about the money i got these stupid medical bills and stuff like that i don't make film for money you know i mean if it happens and i can get it's it's the bigger budgets the reason i want those is i can get more eyes on them you know that's my goal is to entertain more people that's what i want to do and i want to tell these stories you know that i have and it's it's not a bitterness it's just that indie people don't get a lot of respect because there's a lot of trash and garbage out there um so it's hard to get them to open their eyes up. If, you know, they've seen so many uh, uh, bad stuff before. They're scared to take another ride. You know, oh, it's going to be another lemon. I don't want to watch it. You know, like I saw the escape room at the theater, but just now finding out about no escape room. You know, and that guy, and I, when I did um, Circus of the Dead before I could get it out, 31 come out, even though I did Circus of the Dead three years before. You know, people go, oh, here's another rip off of 31. I'm like, yeah, I did this three years before you guys either they did that one so you know it's like it's just the luck of the draw sometimes on that stuff but i'm not a bitter filmmaker i just want more eyes i'm just saying watch it if it sucks tell me you know or watch it and if you like it and tell me i just want more people to watch it is all exactly well i'll definitely put your name out there billy yeah thank you but not on the sex offender websites please And like Billy said before, if you watch it, make sure you uh, get checked out afterwards, especially with a therapist. There you go. Wash up. Wash up in the, in the naughty places. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Make sure you scrub three times. <laughs> yes. Uh, so, Billy, real quick, uh, since you kind of brought up something about the whole indie thing, just real quick, but what are your mm-hmm. thoughts about the whole Amazon battle that's going on where Amazon is pulling indie films off? Well, I don't know. I knew about the Cherokee Creek early on because uh, uh, the fits of horror, Brian. Uh, that, see, that dude's a good champion of indie guys. I think I knew him before you guys. I've known him, I guess, a, a couple years. But he pushes for the indie guy. 
So I don't know much about what's happening, but I think you posted it yesterday, and I noticed that where they are getting pulled. I haven't seen that yet. Um, I'm trying to get mine on Prime, and now I got a feeling it won't be. Now, I got on Amazon a couple years ago, and I went through a, an aggregator called Distriber, and they help you get on that, and you pay a small fee, and then they get you on these platforms. I wrote them recently to see if I could get on Prime, and I haven't heard back yet, so that's still to be continued with me. But it's just, that's what there is. There's just so much stuff out there that they're trying to pick and choose what they want to do. It's, it's the indie people, I guess they don't see any value in that or something, you know, but I beg to differ because like that terrifier man blew up, you know, Damien Leone's Leone's mm -hmm. uh, film. I mean, yep. it, that thing blew up and rightfully so it's good. They go, are you bitter and jealous? I go, well, I'm not bitter and jealous. I don't, I don't think it knocks us out of the water or nothing. I just think we're a different kind of clown film, but I did love that and what it, what it represents and all that kind of stuff. It's one of my favorite films from the past couple of years for sure. Yeah. I still got to watch it, but I mean, from what I've seen, yeah, your circus of the dead and terrifier are definitely two different films for sure. Right. But it says, well, there's a clown. It must be the same. It's like, Oh, people, that's what I said. That's where the problem is. There's been so many indie crappy clown movies that they just want to throw everything into the lump. And then when something special like Terrifier comes out and, you know, and stands out, you know, that's what it gets people to take notice. And luckily they're coming our way, but uh, it's like Bill said, it's like he come in wanting to maybe play a, uh, you know, a funny ha ha clown. I was like, no, 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 no. This is, this dude is serious. If you remember in the movie, when he's backstage talking to Parrish, he's in character and then he breaks yeah. it. But man, I'm just yanking your chain. It's like, that's what I say is you being a clown they're paying for a service and you're doing your job. But when you're doing what you want to do, you know, you're, you don't give a shit about human nature. You're not about fun and laughs. You're about getting your will. And popcorn come up with me and Lee is where we're talking is it's, it's what have we acted on our dark impulses? You know, all of us, you know, cause we all have dark impulses, man, female, or whatever. If we did what we want, when we want, we would be popcorn. Oh, I, oh yeah, I highly agree, but okay. Bob, what was oh. what was Parrish? Parrish was, uh, you know, the he was a zombie in his own marriage. He wasn't paying attention to nobody or giving him, you know, the care or appreciating things. I mean, it wasn't his fault. He shouldn't have had what happened to him, you know. Nor did his wife for cheating on him. But it's like that's what happens in America. It's like it it kind of it's like the yin and yang of man is what Parrish or Donald the clown and Papa Corn the clown. You know, that's that's what that was about. It's like yin and yang. It's like you know, which one would you rather be? That's true. Which, which one's free? That's true. Yeah, but anyway, <laughs> deep stuff for a deep stuff for a silly clown film. <laughs> well, all right, Bill, uh, Billy. Uh, before you go, though, for people that can possibly watch Circus of the Dead, where can we find or buy or everything Circus of the Dead? Where can we even find you to keep up to date with everything? So this is like an open well, platform. Yeah. yeah. Uh, find me on uh, Facebook. I'm on Instagram. Most usually under Bloody Bill. You'll find me or find somebody. Circus of the Dead's on there too. Uh, you can buy a hard copy of the movie, a DVD or a Blu-ray at circusofthedeadmovie.com. And uh, it's also on uh, VOD on Amazon, iTunes, Vudu, and Google Play. Um, or you can bootleg it or torrent it or even watch it from a pirate side. I don't care. Just watch it and like it and love it. Just remember to watch past credits. And there you have it, folks. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, Billy, thank you so much for joining. Um, I know that you and Bill were having a grand old time. Like, Tristan already got yeah. a like what Tristan said. You know, we were just on mute listening to you guys chat. And, I mean, it was great. 
Don't get me wrong. I mean, you guys answered. Or well, we and, just hope we didn't, yeah, bore anybody. It was just it was good to catch up with them. I can't wait to catch up with them in the person someday again. No, no you you didn't bore me at all. I enjoyed that. No, your guys' yeah. conversation. Conversation. Oh yeah, yeah. It was just like, oh, he already said this. Oh, he said this. Like I'm going down my questions. Like okay, and then you start talking about the upcoming film, and I'm just like, okay, <laughs> like I think we well, covered it's a, it all. It's a loose set too. It's like I wanted to be more like I am. Bill knows this too. Is I'm a cut up man. You know what I mean? Even on set or something, it's they're getting like Parrish was chained to that chair in that one scene, and he didn't want to go on. He goes, "You guys leave me chained up in here. I'm going to build up my tears and." and work on you know this and we're taking a 15 minute break he wanted to stay chained to that chair so we all walk out and then i thought well hell i gotta fart so i went back in there and farted in the dude's face when he's in there and he's crying because he's working these tears up and he takes himself to a dark place and then here's this a-ho director coming in there farting in his face and him then he starts yelling and screaming at me and stuff like that he's like that's what kind of sad we, we had a good time too um it's it was a lot of hard work but i think it was good because we all had a good time and just you know we're a bunch of, uh, you know, it's like we're all in high school having a good time. And, you know, that's the way it should be. Even even when we do interviews here, we try to make it have fun. We yeah. don't try to make yeah, it yeah. like a scripted thing because, you know what, scripted shit just doesn't sound real. It no. needs to flow right, and feel right. natural. But, yes, Billy, thank you so much for joining. Uh, Tristan, thank you for coming on, which I, I guess, um, you know, you're just like me. I had to be on mute, just listening to Billy and Bill talk and just catch up and ask themselves questions, which is good. I mean, it's cool. I mean, I love doing this. Like I said, told Bill, I mean, you know, Tessa and I were talking about what, how we could really make a unique way of doing interviews. And we were just like, well, what if we take people that haven't chatted in forever and put them in the same exact episode with us? And then there you go. <laughs> So on that, yeah, yeah. I got my wife in here. We got to go to that birthday party. I better get out of here, you guys. Yeah, well, Bill, thank you, Billy. Thank you so much again for your time, as, as always. And like I usually tell Bill too, but he had to uh, run out the door to get ready. But Bill, you're you're more than welcome to to jump in any conversation we have and to come back to talk about your future film or just to speak your mind about anything, really. I appreciate it so much, guys. Yeah, you always stay in touch and stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah definitely. definitely. We'll All right, guys. I'll talk to you all later. Thanks for having me on. Well, thank no, you, Billy. Thank you. Have a great all weekend. Right, you too. See you guys. Much love from Texas. And as always, guys, thank you so much for listening. Thank you, Tristan, once again for your help. Even though, like, I, like we kind of kept saying is that we're on mute having listening to them. Which was fun because you know what? It worked out in the end, I think. So what did you yeah, think, Tristan? Tristan, Tritt, uh, Tristan, what did you think of it? What did you think of this? I really enjoyed it. I mean, hearing both of them just talk back and forth is just amazing. You know, we've seen Circus of the Dead, and now they finally connect after years of making that movie. And now we're like, we're just mind blown. Oh yeah, it's 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 always awesome, and you know I'm really glad Bill Oberst didn't catch on to the surprise that I did, because I really wanted it to be a surprise, and you know what, it went just as I wanted it to, and you know they're both great people. It just sucks that 
Bill couldn't really talk too much more because he had to get ready for Facebook Live to help promote that new film that we that Billy and I kind of talked about, which is called This, which is available today as this episode goes live. This, which is D-I-S, it is a film released by Unearthed Film, and, you know, it's going to take you down a dark ride, and it's going to just make you wonder about everything, really about this Mandrake, Mandrake uh, legend. And within that being said, I hope you guys enjoyed this interesting episode of pretty much Billy talking to Bill and Bill answering questions and Bill talking to Billy and Billy answering questions. So I really hope you enjoy. And as always, guys, stay scary.